Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Make us jealous. Did you get to see Lizzo last night? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey. Uh, did you get to see Lizzo last night? Because we didn't. No. We were not there, but I know a lot of you were because it was a crowded night last night. Yeah. Um, I've seen videos. But well, even, it's Lizzo. It's flipping Lizzo. And she hasn't been here, and she was at the Excel, right? Yes. So the last time she was here, she was at the Armory, so I feel like uh, the trajectory's upward, mm-hmm. gratefully. And I did get to see her at the Armory, but I bet last night's show was off the charts. I imagine so. 651-641-1071. Did you see Lizzo in concert or did you maybe see her out and about? Because she was here for a little bit. She was tweeting. She was asking for recommendations of where she should eat. So here's like, here's where she did go. Okay. That we know. Yeah, of. Tell us where she went. So she tweeted, okay, Twin Cities. It's my last day here. I've had Quang. Yum. Yes. Right. Oh. LaGrasa. That's where Jamie and I had our first date. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I love Quang. La Grassa. Yum. First restaurant after the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Pizza Luce. Used I mean, to go there after balls. I was just going to say that was like now, a midnight event all the time. Okay. Also, you have to explain. What balls is? <laughs> balls. I used to go after balls. <laughs> no, I mean, get uh, that rigatoni, honey. Hey. <laughs> balls Cabaret, which used to be at the old uh, Southern. Southern Theater. Yeah. At midnight. At midnight. And then it you'd a, go... You actually performed there, didn't you? I did Dance? perform at balls once. Uh, you danced at balls? I danced at balls, yeah. I just used to watch the balls. Oh, did you? Yeah. Because you would get a ticket. Three bucks, three bucks, and I would watch your balls. No, um, three bucks. I think was it three bucks or eight bucks? I think it was like it was like it was cheap because I was a college student. Yeah, we were college students, and you'd go pay three bucks, I think, and then they would give you a ticket to take to Pizza Luce, and Mm -hmm. you would get like a certain percentage off, or you'd get like pizza and a slice for like three bucks or something. I don't know. There was just a thing, and that we used to do that regularly on Saturday nights, and it was like the perfect night of entertainment. Right, because yeah. you could go and watch like a great show, and you never knew what you were going to get. Like you could get me dancing, yeah, or you could see Marie. I remember the when I danced, Maria Bamford was trying oh, out sure. new uh, material. So many people who went on to great and amazing things, mm-hmm. um, and then just like you know, local boobs too, who like 
they just loved showing up. My friends and I used to like threaten to do it all the time because it was literally open to almost anyone. Yeah. 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 So, okay. We're not doing a great job of actually telling no, all sorry. the details. I derailed of it. you with no, Pizza no, no. Luce. I, w- I just wanted to say like it was, a, it was like an, it was like the equivalent to open mic kind of. So you could try out your material in front of an audience. Yeah. That's really what it was about. And it was, and the reason it was called Balls is because it was Leslie, Leslie Ball. Ball. It was her event. Okay. Do they still do it? They don't do it anymore. I, I, had, I was going to ask questions about Leslie Ball and stuff, but I won't because we need to get back to Lizzo. I want to get back to Lizzo. Okay, so did you see Lizzo? Did you see the concert? Did you see her at any restaurant? 651 We were going down the list. She, I said Quang, La Grassa, Pizza Luce, Nicolette Diner. Yum. Is that the place on... Uh... Nicolette? Yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't think I've ever been to Nicolette Neither Diner. Neither have I. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's up near downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never been. Oh, you know, is Nicolette Diner in the space that... It's on Nicolette Mall. It's where... Oh, there, something used to be there. I bet something did. Yeah, I know that's real helpful. <laughs> anyway, Nicolette Diner and where else? Uh, and, and then she said... I'm sorry, now I'm looking at Nicolette Diner's restaurant or menu. Wrote OSHA. And then she said, where else should we eat before we leave? So I was looking through uh, the suggestions. Bradley Trainer. I know you suggested something. I did. I tweeted her because uh, I just think she needed to have pizza, empanadas, and churro donuts at Beluto. And you know what? You were not the only one to suggest that. That oh, was really? suggested many times. Oh, good. Good. I hope she went. Beluto was one that was uh, that was suggested. Pimento Jamaican Kitchen. Oh, for sure. Right? Oh, yum. Um, trio plant-based foods because Lizzo has uh, talked about eating vegan in the past. Oh, okay. The Dripping Root. I, I, I I've heard about I literally that. didn't know if she was leaving. But see, The Dripping Root, I think, is only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So that would have been a tricky one for her to try to sure but it would have been a great choice um anyway awamni was suggested many oh, sure. times colita was uh so I, the, here's the deal though you guys lizzo, so much. Yeah. lizzo was in our space lizzo was in restaurants people go to did anybody see her six five one six four one one oh seven one tell me were you in the presence of lizzo have I? I'm going to retell this story that I know you guys already know, but it was such a shocking story to me. When I went and watched the David Letterman, my next guest needs no introduction with Lizzo. Mm-hmm. In it, she tells this story about working at a restaurant in Edina and Edina women coming in and like her interactions with them. And she talked enough about the restaurant that I was able to identify that it was the same restaurant that my brother-in-law managed. Oh, okay. And, and I texted my brother-in-law, and I said, you did not tell me that you worked with Lizzo. And? He's like, yeah, I did. And it was years before they realized that that was Lizzo. Oh, because sure. Because she didn't go by Lizzo when she worked there. And she probably wasn't performing live at the restaurant. It, her name was Melissa, because that's her name. And he said that she was just like, the nicest, full of energy person, and that she was a great employee. But like that, my it blew my mind, right? And I know it shouldn't because people are people, and even like amazing, talented celebrities are people too. Yeah, right. But like imagining Lizzo before she became 
the Lizzo. Yeah, well, I, I like I have several friends who I know followed her career and watched her, you know, locally and knew her. Like, uh, she, we didn't travel in the same circle, so I never got the chance to meet her before. But you know, she was here, like, making a career yeah. for herself. Yeah, and so I, it's not surprising that she, you know, let people have recollections of her just being, you know, Lizzo. Right. I mean, it is kind of fun too to see how her career has has. Uh, well, we love. When, when someone somebody from town to, makes yep. good. Exactly. And but, she has done that in many ways. Right? I saw her open for Heim at the Palace Theater. So, like, again, it's like now she's playing a packed arena yeah. at XL Energy. And like mm-hmm. you said, you saw her at the Armory. I saw her as an opening act at this tiny, you know, venue. Yeah, it's always fun to see people... That's like, I got to see Lady Gaga. I just always tell the story because it's the only time it's happened to me. I saw Lady Gaga at Fine Line. I mean, that's huge. And she had, like, her sets were cut out of cardboard. And she was the most fun. And then all of a sudden she blew up. And I was like, oh my God, you guys. Right? You yeah. were, and you kind of enjoyed the Fine Line version. Oh, because it was so intimate. Like, you're, right. nobody's ever going to have that experience again unless it's totally curated for like some, you know, documentary. Well, or and something. it's also, there's also such a huge difference between like that on a theatrical. Like a theatrical person doing theatrical things in a small venue. Yeah. Versus... I was like, she's the best drag queen I've ever met. Right, right. And then. Because she's so creative. And Lizzo also brings that creativity to the stage in a way and just has no bleeps to give, which I just love. Or the bleeps she does give, she doesn't care about giving. Right. So, like, it's it's just, it's nice. I, I enjoy artists like that. Nobody has seen Lizzo. No, What's going on? I can't on? believe it. Nobody in our audience saw Lizzo. That is, you guys, what were you doing yeah, last night? That is a this was your job. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're still sleeping. I, I honestly, oh, I, mm-hmm. uh, to me, the, the most fun is like when celebrities are out and about in our town doing the things that we do, and um, it would have been, you know. I would have loved to hear somebody's concert review, sure, because that's the thing that makes uh, Lizzo Lizzo. But right, but you really wanted to hear somebody from the next table at Rodosha, yeah, who was like, "Oh my God, it's Lizzo!" And then did they behave themselves? Did they represent well? You know, like, or were they like, you know, obnoxious? Do what I do when I point at a celebrity and tell them who they are, which is really awkward. Very awkward. I just lurk. With like one eye, yeah, on them. Mm-hmm. Do you do that thing where you are trying to pretend like you're yes. just scrolling through your phone, but you're actually taking we've been a to dinner of them? together? I know. <laughs> I'm literally, if I am anywhere near you at a restaurant and you're having a loud and animated conversation, mm-hmm. I'm listening to your conversation. Yeah. So don't think I'm not, even if I'm pretending to be fully engaged with the person I'm with. That is a fact. And actually, Bradley and I, when we have been out to dinner with our significant others. We let them talk, yeah. and we just lean into other people's covers. Yeah. Well, that happened one very interesting time that led to a conversation about perhaps a lady of the evening. I mean, that was a whole scene. <sighs> when we come back... Well, guys, this was your opportunity. Thanks. <laughs> well, people, there is one person calling now. I don't know if it's a ghost call, but look, we gotta go now. We don't have time anymore. No. When well, we we'll come never back, know, will we? That's okay. Maybe it was Lizzo. L- Lori and Julia will talk about it later. Call, right. call their show. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we got to get the Cobra gang together because Britney Spears has posted another deletable uh, message. It's not good. Okay. Get ready for it after this on My Talk 1071. Hi, it's the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. 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 You know, let's just go right ahead and get the Cobra gang together and we'll explain it it in a second. Yeah. 
Whenever there's trouble, we're there on the double with the Cobra Gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time with the Cobra Gang. We, oh no, dear. You guys, it really is toxic out here. And I, I just want to make you aware that you need to tread very lightly if you come across Britney's Instagram these days. Mm-hmm. Here's why. She's posting and deleting a lot. So it can be hard to keep up with Britney's Instagram if you follow her. Maybe you just occasionally see the photos and you're like, oh, it's pretty. Don't read the comments. Please don't read the captions. Don't read the screen caps, especially the five screen caps that she posted lately. But I do want to talk about them. So last we spoke about Britney and her Instagram. This is the only way she communicates with the world around her. She will post some stuff and then often it goes away. There was a video of uh, Jane Fonda slapping somebody else in a movie. I don't remember who or why or mm-hmm. what. Doesn't matter. It's all about an opportunity for Britney to then in the com or in the caption talk about her mom slapping her uh, really hard after she came back from uh, staying out late while her mom was babysitting her kids back in the uh, Paris Hilton Britney Spears buddy you know gal pal uh, three amigos era. Remember mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the, the, the time with the thing and the thing? Somebody got out of a limo? No, I think that was a different time. There was like all, because yes. remember when the media was obsessed with taking pictures of yeah. women getting out of cars and yeah. they would and unfortunately. Their stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so that happened. She, she took it as an opportunity to talk about her mom hitting her, which is really uncomfortable for all of us. Well, she never deleted that, at least prior to the show airing. I had checked her Instagram and that was still up. But the ones I wanted to talk about today are a series of screen caps that she has since deleted. And the series of screen caps took pl- they're just it's it's a big run on note, you know, from like the notepad of your phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if, again, the theory that I have now proposed, which is not really a theory, it's just like, huh, I wonder if this is all stuff that's going to be in her book, which allegedly supposedly is going to come out at the beginning of the year. Um, the beginning of next year, mm-hmm. but there's a paper shortage, so we're not so sure. Mm-hmm. That's really all we've heard. Also, okay, go on. What? I, this is the only book I've heard that has been affected by the paper shortage. I know. Okay, just go on. That's all. Thanks. Bye. Actually, oddly, I feel like there was one other person when we told that story whose book was affected, but maybe not. It doesn't okay. matter. The point is, we don't know when this book is coming out, but I'm increasingly wondering if these like notepad screen caps mm-hmm. are like, because think about how Brittany would write a book. First of all, it would be in conjunction yeah. with a ghostwriter because she's busy mm-hmm. and this is not her first uh medium mm-hmm. right like her first chosen medium is song mm-hmm. and music being a musician so i imagine writing she would be working with a, a ghostwriter to sort of collect her thoughts and what's the easiest way to get britney to collect her thoughts well i imagine it's on her phone mm-hmm. because she's on her phone all the time right and that was a, a feeling of power and security for her mm-hmm. and having control and independence mm-hmm. for her phone so the series of five screen caps that have since been deleted it's a wild ride you guys I, uh, there were so many like bleeped out words that they couldn't even get to all the bleeped out words. Like they just bleeped out some of the words and I'm like, well, you didn't get them all on page six when they posted the screen caps. Wow. And it takes you on a long journey about how she feels about her body image. I just want to read a couple things to you. You can read the five pages at your leisure. But if I were to start on page one, she talks about pretty people and how she used to feel really pretty. And then I think the message, let me read you some words and then we'll talk about what we think. 
I've always wondered how pretty people think. I used to feel pretty, therefore I was calm, content, not trying. And then I felt like a hot, wild mess. And I felt so alive in my wild days. It was hot. But then, in the conservatorship, I felt absolutely nothing. I was sad. Had no say in my looks and photo shoots. Had to follow guidelines. No being a sassy pants and no speaking up. I will say it until the day I bleeping die. My family ruined my bleeping life. I okay, would... that's... Okay, sorry. That was one of those moments yeah. where page yeah. six was <laughs> they, able to... They left the bleep. <laughs> but they left. Yeah. That is funny. Can I say something really quick before yeah. you go on? The way that this all begins makes me feel like she's responding to a prompt. Yes. Right? Yeah, that, which which totally then makes it plausible right. that she would be... Because because if you were apropos of nothing to just start reading these words, you'd think, run on sentence, I'm confused, mm-hmm. she's not making any sense. But really, truly, if you think about it in terms of, to your point, somebody's giving her a prompt or somebody, uh, or there's an outline that she's following, she's ta- she's telling a story. And, Absolutely. and she's digressing a lot, yep. so it's hard to, to to follow. She says, I would go to London to promote my clothing line, and my boyfriend couldn't even come with me. But my mom and dad stayed in my room together when I was there in London. They treated me like a bleeping dog. Yep, and don't get me started on that place they sent me to. Sorry, I'll never get over it. Anyways, the way they made me feel. My dad always told me I was fat, so I never felt pretty or good enough and i think the thing that made me feel the ugliest was the fear in being scared of what he would do and she goes on from there and honestly it's it's sad it's dark she talks about like oof, just the gross gross way that her father like i don't know i'm gonna say it sexualized his daughter oh you don't even have to say it like you do have to say it, right? But well, I'm just saying she's not saying it, but right. like I think anyone reading it thinks it, right? I mean, I have I have wondered about that for a long time. When you see, when you knew he was in charge of the conservatorship, and you knew he was essentially in charge of her career, and I remember there was like a fragrance ad within the last decade that she had done, and it was so overtly sexual, and and it wasn't that the sexuality was off-putting or that it was anything more sexual than anybody else was doing with fragrance ads. Yeah. But I was contextualizing it in the sense of her father was in charge of that shoot. Yeah. And very much was was there directing that. Oh my All gosh, of I'm those sorry. choices were led by him. So gross. I don't want to walk away from this conversation if there's more to say. So well, I mean we could. Uh, it's up to you. Let's let's finish it on the other side of this, right. and then we'll get to some celebrities behaving badly. Uh, we call those people Demons. after this on my talk 1071. Well, we were about halfway through a conversation about Britney Spears' post about her father on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. When uh, we had to go to break. So I thought, like, let's just finish that conversation before we get to those celebrities behaving badly that we call D-bags. Uh, so, Bradley, you were talking about the, what, like four or five notes pages that yep. she screenshot and shared on her Instagram. Which have since been removed, but you can still read them online. Mm-hmm. And they all have to do with her dad. It's really a lot about her dad. I mean, she has talked about her mom, of course, but the way she talks about just the day in, day in feeling horrible about herself, she really attributes that to her dad. And she tells this whole story. This, again, lends credibility to this idea that at some point these stories are going to end up in a book because she gets very specific in telling a story about a time when she... Uh, went to see Wicked and how she related to, I'm assuming that's Alphaba. Isn't that the Wicked 
the one, the green. Yeah, witch? the green one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And how she's made fun of for her looks, and then she yeah, talks. Glinda is the good witch. Yeah. Alphabet is the green one. Yeah. Uh, so she tells that story and how um, they painted her an ugly green face, but she was beautiful. It's a shame men care about looks. She does talk a lot about men uh, and men and what they care about. Mm-hmm. It's a shame men care about looks. Come on, we all know it. It's the truth. But to me, I'm working on how I feel inside my posture, my body language, my breathing, when it's time to speak, when it's time to listen, and when it's time to roar. I hope one day I can find my essence of feeling beautiful. My father did an extensive job at always making me feel otherwise. He would go low. He was the lowest. And then she just does all these digressions about like she used to have only two girl dancers with her and every show that they did. And when her dad came along, he had eight girl dancers. So um, it really just tells us that there is some significant stuff resentment Mm -hmm. toward her father. And I feel like if she does end up getting this book, because allegedly, supposedly this book is written. Well, yeah, that's what we've been told. But again, I think you're right that, like, likely the ghostwriter said to her, hey, you know, here are some, here are some prompts. Like, yeah. you know, riff on these. And then the ghostwriter's job then is to take that. And then do you remember God those? God bless whoever that oh, is. Oh, my word. Um, that has got to, I mean, that Well, is, just from, like, the, like, trying to, like, parse out what's important here. I would like to update everyone. Oh, Whoa! Thank you. Whoa! Britney Spears has deleted her Instagram once again. Entirely. Entirely. Now, that's since the show started, because right before the show aired, I went back and it was fine. There seems to be a schedule of this, because it always happens right, like, during our show. Which isn't... (laughs) She heard us talking about her and was like, oh, God! (laughs) No, I honestly think it must be part of a routine, right? Like, the her daily routine. And today I will delete my Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is. Is that just like a like a? Do you like? I don't know enough about deleting. Mm-hmm. Is it just like one is, click? I think it is, and I think you can do it such that your stuff is all still sure, there, like it's temporary. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I also. It, this is going to sound like a judgment, and I don't want it. It's, it's okay. Not, we all have them. Yeah, but it, I I don't mean it as a judgment. I mean it more as an observation. It is interesting to hear her words talking about how her father sexualized her, yeah, and how that made her feel uncomfortable, and then put that in conversation with the rest of her Instagram, which lately has been a lot of fashion shows, kind of showing her body in a certain way. And nudity. And I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not even judging that. That's her prerogative. It's her body. And maybe that is what she's trying to do is take her body back. But, you know, it's hard to read those words next to the the posts that she does on Instagram. Well, I mean, it's essentially like posting nude pictures of herself which then garner a response from an audience much of which is like a validating response that it, such that it makes you wonder if like that's what she's looking for is that validation which, which can we just play armchair psychoanalyst mm-hmm. i don't even think that's the right term but for what we're doing but it's ho- you totally see it right it's like she's trying to get the approval but from a different source now. Yeah, and it's it's like it's there's nothing wrong with nudity, but this put it in context. Mm-hmm. 
this is a person who talks about how her body has essentially been owned and operated by her father and a small group, a small cabal of, mm-hmm. of you know, people out to make money. And yet the most expressive thing she can do right now is to, like, show her body. It's so yeah. fascinating to yeah. me. Like, I don't... It's hard to judge it because, again, you understand where, like... It's, it, it totally makes sense that this would be the manifestation of it. But at the same time, like, how do you explain that to a person? Right. Like, how does somebody, and, and we know that she's not particularly fond of, um, you know, listening to anyone in a position of authority or professionalism, mm-hmm. like, because she's been essentially abused by people in positions of power. Mm-hmm. But how do you then have a rational conversation other than like, okay, you're, you, everything's great. You're fine. You're beautiful. Have a nice day. Because the minute you try to start telling her some stuff, I would imagine she's heard all this stuff before. Right. But it was within the context of people trying to manipulate her. So she's always going to feel like she's being manipulated. Right. Right. It's And it's, again, I have asked that question, too, of like, how does she begin to trust anybody? Yeah. Ever. Because the people she was supposed to have been able to trust who were there to allegedly help her with her own mental health. Yeah. Were working for the enemy it uh, it's and you know we haven't heard anything out of tragic. sam Ascari lately yeah he's just What's he going, doing? he's going to football games is he, he? yeah he's uh, he was cheering on the baltimore ravens all by himself yeah all by himself okay mm-hmm. i'm a little concerned or, or, i'm mm-hmm. <laughs> that sums it up yeah. Uh, you know what let's talk about some celebrities behaving badly we call them d-bags Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Okay. This is a mild D-bag, but I saw this story on page six about Chris Colfer savagely, quote, revealing whether he'll see Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. <laughs> that is, I, mm-hmm. What? I, that's just real shady and I like it. Yeah, no. It's uh, somebody, so he goes on, uh, he was on a, a Sirius XM show and the host said, hey, you going to go see that Leah Michelle in uh, Funny Girl, you know, his Glee co-star, to which he responded Tuesday, oh, my day just suddenly got so full. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he then asked, well, are you going to take the opportunity to see the show while it's in town? And he goes, no, I could be triggered at home. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. my gosh. Now, that's some the, stuff the, right there. Now, that's kind of shady. What's interesting is it runs a, uh, it runs contrary to what apparently he said back in 2014 about, you know, the drama on set because there was some mm-hmm. drama. Oh, shh. It's a wig. But not even just those. Two. I mean, there was drama all over the set, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Everywhere. I, he, he at the time, Chris Colfer said, I've seen some of my closest friends go on Glee through. Uh, go through where these horrible things are written about them and none of it's true, but some reporter wants to get a hit. They say so-and-so is a raging biatch. Uh, I just mind my own business, really. I don't want to say life's too short for drama, but I think I'm just too old for drama. Now, that was like when he was in his 20s. He's now in his 30s and apparently has a lot more time for drama. Well, because to me, mm-hmm. that that's you, you just said all you needed to say, Chris. Well, you know, here's the thing, and it may very well be true that he tried to stay on the outskirts of the drama, but that doesn't mean he doesn't get to have an opinion. Oh, for sure. About how he feels about the people around him. My, and he told us a lot. My favorite, though, is that um, page six, also totally prone to being 
uh, Shady, Mm -hmm. says a rep for Michelle did not immediately return Page Six's request for comment on her former co-star's remarks. Mm -hmm. I just love that Page Six called Leah Michelle's people up and said, hey, Chris Colfer totally said he doesn't have time for you and would rather be triggered at home without coming to see you live. (laughs) Do you got any comments? Oh, my gosh. Oh, so shady. I know. I I love it very much. That's a shady bag. I love it very much. Who's your D-bag? People Magazine. I poople. Because they manipulated me with the headline. What did they do? Oh, how rude. Uh, They said... Kim Kardashian says she wants to look snatched ahead of... Oh, okay, so no, they've changed it. But the original headline was ahead of procedure on stomach. And I was like, tell me more. So I'm like, what is she going under the knife for? And then I clicked on it. Turns out she's having a skin tightening procedure. It is not invasive. It is like a derm- oh, like cool like, sculpting or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's a BBL situation, I believe. Broadband like, laser. Yeah, it's like a zappy zappy situation. Okay, so she's not going under no, the knife. No, and I clicked on this because I was like, wow, that's real forward to like put that all out there. They never talk about their surgeries and whatnot. Yeah. So I clicked on this and I was disappointed to find, not disappointed, like she can do whatever she wants, but I was like, oh, this is super not anything like what I thought it was. No. Also, it's totally. Spawn con. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the machine paid for this. Yeah. Being- Dr. Gavami offers several non-invasive treatments at his Beverly Hills, California clinic, including the BBL photo facial, broad, uh, fo- broad, broadband light photo facial. <laughs> Using Cyton's Moxie laser treatment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. total spawn con. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, if you want to fall for that, you're not going to get much out of it. Uh, and and the other thing, honestly, I thought about was, wow, that's ballsy to go ballsy. for like a big procedure while your kids and your ex are like having a moment. Right well, now, can we also talk about that in the context of what you're referencing? Of course, is that uh, Kanye and company are melting down mm-hmm. in social media and beyond. Meanwhile, so the the, the, the you know Kim's getting her BBL procedure, mm-hmm. um, and Kanye. Did you notice he's been out and about with a lady? Oh yeah, trying to get attention yeah. for that. And I'm yeah, like, he's got some lady okay, friend. So there's some really you know not nice stuff going on, yeah. and yet everybody's like. But we're still here to get yeah, attention. Yeah, nothing to see here except for us. Well, yeah. I was going to say, it's it's just another day at the office for Kim and Kanye, because which one of us does not have any other, a lot of things going on at the same time? Right. I don't so understand them, how these like, people have time to have drama in their it's lives. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. I have time, and I don't want drama <laughs> right. in my life. Right. Right? Right? <sighs> yes. But I have chosen right? a life's path that will minimize that drama. Yeah. They yes. have not. That's true. There's feeds on drama. Exactly. Exactly. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show. Speaking of drama. Ooh, this is a drama that I do I do not want to be part of, and yet I'm fascinated by. This uh, all has to do with the trial of Kevin Spacey involving Anthony Rapp. And we're going to talk about an update, really, that revolves around Anthony Rapp after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. Oh, thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My talk, 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And, uh, you know, there is a trial that we have not paid a whole lot of attention to going on right now. And that's a trial involving 
the one and only Kevin Spacey. Legal correspondent Bradley Trainer reporting for duty. Thank goodness. Hi, I'm outside the courtroom in New York where Kevin Spacey is on trial in a civil lawsuit brought against him by Anthony Rapp about a really nasty encounter in the 80s. I know, this is so... It's a fascinating case for a number of reasons. It's dark, it's disgusting. If the allegations are true, Kevin Spacey is, uh, well... Guilty. Uh, I mean, you know, if, if those are true, that's all I can about say. Mm-hmm. However, Kevin Spacey is alleged to have um, sexually assaulted Anthony Rapp when he was just 14. Mm-hmm. We know that trial exists because we've talked about it. But I will say now that the trial is underway, I will dip in occasionally to a headline. Yesterday, the, the headline that came about that made me want to say, hey, maybe we should um, talk about what's going on here. It seems like a development. Kevin Spacey's lawyer got Anthony Rapp, according to this headline, to admit he hasn't been truthful about the way he came forward with his allegation. Okay, explain that a little bit. Yeah, because uh, at first glance, you're like, okay, what? Yeah. What does that actually mean? Well, uh, it seems like Anthony Rapp said in announcing Uh, or in sharing with the world the allegations against Kevin Spacey, that it was Lupita Nyong'o's detailed sexual harassment claim against Harvey Weinstein, that when that went public, that really motivated Anthony Rapp Mm -hmm. to come forward with his allegation against Kevin Spacey. However... The a text message sent by Anthony Rapp to his attorney about this bringing this lawsuit, or excuse me, this was to a, a reporter mm-hmm. at BuzzFeed, was sent days before Lupita Nyong'o made her announcement. Oh, interesting. And so in cross-examination, he conceded to one of Kevin Spacey's lawyers that his account of uh, being moved to come forward by Nyong'o's article is not true. So th- that would be a discrepancy Yeah, that... I believe, and uh, excuse me, Kevin Spacey's attorneys will hone in on to try and sort of question the credibility of Anthony Rapp's overall claims. Um, did he happen to, I, I can't imagine that he did, because this is like a yes-no question situation. He probably didn't want to get himself into any more trouble by explaining what did motivate his decision to come forward. You know, that's interesting. So um, what I remember reading, and I'm just going to double check here, but what I remember reading the first pass through this uh, account is that he uh, he felt like he was being made aware of that reality in the courtroom at that moment, but Mm -hmm. he didn't deny it, meaning he's saying, I'm just learning this now. But you're not wrong. Okay, so here's what's so interesting about this is like, I can see how people who want to poke holes in Anthony Rapp's version of events are going to look for all of the uh, things that don't add up exactly properly, right? But if you actually think about your own life and how things unfold, I was actually just thinking about this about something the other day about how I'm really fuzzy on the timeline of how a certain event happened in my life. Yep. 
And I think we're all like that a little bit, well, right? We've learned increasingly that human memory is is frail, and it's also uh, it's very prone to sort of mis un, uh, misremembering, mm-hmm. right? Like the human yeah. memory is faulty. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. And so I think your point is well made. And that was that was the that was it's actually interesting that you keyed in on that because that was the thing that I thought this has to plague trials like this all the time. We are talking about something that happened in the 80s. Anthony Rapp has a very specific memory of what happened. Mm-hmm. And they 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 are trying Kevin Spacey's attorneys are trying single handedly to poke holes in all of his accounts mm-hmm. by by focusing on all of these details that may or may not have been correct. For example, he says that uh, that Kevin Spacey carried him into his bedroom before laying him down on a bed and and, and uh, putting his body on top of uh, uh, on top of Anthony Rapp's. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Spacey's attorneys are like he had a studio apartment at the time, mm-hmm. so there wasn't a bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't remember the exact layout of the bedroom or of the apartment, but I can tell you there was a bedroom. Right. And then there was something about and I brought this up, you know, I mentioned it when we were talking about this off the air about he said something about how he appeared in a doorway. And again, there was no doorway. So they're going to do this whole manipulation where they've got certain facts that his memory doesn't have. And they're going to try to show to discredit him by showing how faulty his memory is. Which shows you the, the difficulty in these types of cases, yeah. right? So you can understand that it's going to be a, a, a probably a little harder for Anthony Rapp and people like him in these moments. But that doesn't mean... I mean, I think, you know... And the other thing is that there were no contemporaneous accounts. He didn't tell anyone at the time. Right. Or at least nobody has come forward at the uh, from that time to corroborate what he said. But mm-hmm. how could they? Because it was just the two of them. But there, you know, there was a party that... Long story short... Just because he doesn't remember every single detail doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Right. Doesn't mean that maybe his memory was incorrect. But you also understand that from a defense perspective, like his attorneys are going to do everything that is Kevin Spacey's attorneys Mm -hmm. are going to do everything they can. So you just see the difficulty in a trial like this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got to be so frustrating, uh, especially when. You know, Anthony Rapp took a risk to share the story in the first place yeah. and um, and now is having to defend the story in the way that he told it. Um, that's going to that'll just take a toll on a person. Right. Yep. He said he uh, he went on to say in the trial. And again, this is Anthony Rapp, uh, his civil lawsuit against Kevin Spacey, that he hadn't discussed the accusations with a therapist until 2017 when this BuzzFeed article uh, was a f- was first published. It was the first time he had processed, according to uh, him, the long term effect that the encounter had, had on his life. And he talks about all these moments where he would see Kevin Spacey in uh, movies and mm-hmm. like there's one movie where he's like, you know, putting the moves on like a teenager. And he said that sort of all of a sudden triggered this I'm sure. memory. And he began realizing he had not fully processed what had actually happened. Yeah. So, again, this is a 12-person jury. Ugh. Now, different than a criminal case, it's a civil trial, which means that they don't have to prove that the defendant committed the offenses beyond a reasonable doubt. The jury will just be asked to consider whether the greater weight of the evidence is in the plaintiff's or the defendant's favor. So that's what they ultimately are going to have to decide. 
Well, thank you, Bradley Trainer, Legal Eagle. Thank you. I got to get back to the courtroom to keep Thanks, his legal guys. eagle eyes on this story. And uh, thank you, Bradley. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Bradley will be back from court to drop <laughs> some science on us. Oh, I do all sorts of things. You really do. He's multi-talented. After this on My Talk 107.1. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 